0: You're listening to Believe. My name is Nicholas Upchurch. Now here's an amazing clip from our show in the category of money and business. So, James, I'd love to ask you about something people are really, really concerned with which is money. And, you know, I think the most important thing you mentioned a lot already about how when you're in harmony, when you're feeling harmonious, it will help you deal better with people. I can confirm that as well. Deal better with when people don't pay you, when people are late, right? When, pe- when things are going on in business or, or maybe just, um, you know, when you're in that state, we handle everything better. But specifically, your book, *The Purposeful Millionaire*. You address all those things in terms of feeling amazing, but you've actually done things. You've actually, in money, when it comes to money and business, you actually have to get things done. And it helps when we're harmonious, but we still have to take action. What would you say to people that just can't seem to get anything going that want to to make more money and have a better business and also to stay? in a state of harmony.
1: I've got a lot to say about this. You know, the first step is to really evaluate, uh, figure out whether you're living with a poverty consciousness mindset or an abundance consciousness mindset. One of the things that limits most people is their poverty consciousness. Um, A lot of them don't even know that they're uh, dealing with poverty consciousness or struggling with poverty consciousness. And poverty consciousness basically is that, you know, with more things, I will be more happy. Or there is never enough of these things in the universe, therefore I have to compete and fight for those things against family, friends, business associates, and so on. Now, we live in an infinite universe of opportunity and of abundance. Abundance of love, abundance of relationships, abundance of opportunities, abundance of financial blessings. When we shift from thinking that the world is a world of limitations to a world of infinite possibilities and abundance for all people, something happens within us. Where we tell the universe, more of this please, more of this please. When you approach the world with gratitude for what you have and you're willing to work toward what you want to have in this world and you uh, manifest appreciation and do the right things with an abundance consciousness, everything changes and opportunity starts to awaken for you. Now, a lot of people, you know, don't really know if they're uh, dealing with poverty consciousness or if they have uh, inherited from a certain family, uh, from their family. Uh, But a lot of us grew up in families where, you know, we were told, well, money doesn't grow on trees or there will never be enough or that rich people are evil. You've got to wash your mind of all these negative thoughts Because basically what that tells the universe is that I can't handle that and I can't be blessed with that. So if I think that rich people are evil, I'm basically telling God, the universe, and everybody else that I can't be rich or one of them because I'm condemning evil. You know, this whole thing of getting um, uh, these formulas of success in your mind all twisted just puts up blockages about what you can become, what you can do, and what you can receive on this earth. One of the exercises that I do with clients that I'm coaching is I ask them to assess their home. Take a 10-15 minute walk through your home, through your apartment, through your condo, and evaluate. How does it smell? Are the appliances in good working condition? Are uh, there dust bunnies the size of footballs in the corners of the house? When was the last time you made your bed and, and took care of your house? So that when you walk through, you know that it's your sanctuary bringing you peace peace and love. I ask people to do this exercise because it opens their eyes for them to understand that if they are not taking care of that which they have already been blessed with, they're not going to receive more. Now, if you treat your car like a clunker or a jalopy that just gets you from point A to point B and you slam the door and don't, don't change the oil in it, Why would the universe bless you with a Bentley or Maserati or Ferrari? You've got to manifest to the world that you can handle those higher blessings, that you can handle things that require more maintenance and care by taking care of what you've already been blessed with. One of the things that I do ritualistically in my home is even though I have a housekeeper, I'll go through on the weekends and I'll scrub toilets. And I'll just go through and make sure that everything is in perfect working condition and that there was no dust forgotten in any any corner of the house. And I'll do some of the cleaning myself. Now, that tells the universe that not only am I grateful, but in the event that the universe and God have in mind for me to be blessed with something bigger and even more extraordinary than that which I already have, that I can handle it. I'm caring for what I already have and I'm opening the doors of opportunity to more.
0: Well, that's amazing. And I love the quote on your website, James Nowlin, N-O-W-L-I-N.com. Money is spiritual, everything about it is. It is a feeling, it is a force, it is among the highest of currencies. Wealth is created in one's mind and only obtained and grown when willpower and discipline meet opportunity. And actually that's the kind of quote, and that's a quote by James. um, That's the kind of quote you gotta break down each part of it, because you could just read it, but when you get to the end there, and only obtained and grown when willpower and discipline meet opportunity, you have to, you, you know, you could sit with that quote for a while, I recommend everybody everybody does that, and we're actually gonna show James's website right now on the screen for our YouTube viewers, and, and also, he's got another uh, website I recommend everybody check out, which is jamesonamazon.com. And what I love about what James just said, and I'm looking at the results of the world, world's largest near-death experiences study published. Of course, James, we talked about, had a near-death experience. And this is, uh, in 2008, a large-scale study involving 20, uh, 2060 patients from 15 hospitals in the United Kingdom. United States and uh, Austria was launched, and basically it talks about people were aware of their surroundings even when they were um, sort of out of their body or dead. And so, basically, there was one case: even a blind person knew what the doctors were doing while they while they were dead, and they they came back to life, and they. Um, said what everybody was doing. They went over the, the, the situation. My point is how it directly relates to what James just said. Even with me, I've done millions of dollars of uh, sales within one year. I still have times and months and everything where I'm, I get a little bit scattered and I get into this poverty, maybe this poverty consciousness a little bit more. And even even my place, and it's good that James, my place is a freaking mess right now. Um, now part of that is me subconsciously, I think, uh, kind of like trying to uh, my mother used to make us clean when uh, there things weren't dirty. And so I'm making excuses and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna I, I can put this here. Nobody can tell me. And you know and I laugh I laugh with her about that now because I love my mother. and by the way, she works so hard now. she can't even clean like she did back then. But I'm still making excuses. Mm-hmm. I still get in this poverty consciousness sometimes where it's like, I even have different thought, we're, we're doing a free energy project in Venezuela. If we had free energy and we already have 3D printers, we wouldn't need money at all. But you know what? I have to pay bills every month. I'm trying to grow this company. I need to make money again, make a lot of money just like I have. My point is, this this, this mindset and this this thing is that people are dealing with this all the time. Even people that are successful, it's more of a mindset. So, James, I have to ask you for people that, you know, and how would, you, how would you tell somebody, hey, here's how you can be more consistent? Because you seem like a very level, consistent guy, and I think people want to be like that. They would love to, to make it easy, like you make it easy, and we make it hard on ourselves sometimes. So how would, you, how would you tell somebody, hey, this is how you can be more consistent when you're thinking about money and business and happiness and harmony?
1: The first step is to really change your relationship with what you think of work. Um, Mm. You know, I work a lot of hours and I don't resent the fact that I have to work a lot of hours and I have a lot of responsibility because when I am working, Nicholas, I'm executing. I'm executing upon my plan. I'm executing upon ideas that I have to actually get to success. A lot of the time people see another successful person and say, hey, you know, uh, that person's got it made or he sure does make it look easy. The reality is is that it's not easy, but those who are the most successful often make it look easy and people who do want to achieve but who aren't quite there yet think that it should be easy. So what I did in the book and what I do when I'm speaking on stage is I break it down into what's called the success formula. It is the idea plus the plan plus execution equals success. And we should only be spending a certain amount of time during each phase. Most of our time should be spent during the execution part of the formula. Uh, You know, the idea should take us about 1% of our time, the plan about, you know, 9% of our time maybe, execution about 90% of our time to actually get to success. Now why is that? A lot of folks are just talking about ideas and they're stuck in the idea phase. That's right. They're spending 50, 70, 90, sometimes 100% of their time talking about ideas. We've all got friends and family family members and colleagues who sit at the table or every time you see them, you kind of want to roll your eyes because they're constantly talking about these ideas that they never act upon. That's right. They never execute. And those ideas don't go anywhere. So I remind people, just spend 1% of your time on the idea and then move on to the plan phase where you're spending about 9% of your time. Now, while you're there, you know, list out your pros and cons. List out any potential uh, traps that you might perceive to get in your way and try to plan your uh, idea in such a way that you can constantly be executing and not getting stuck because you didn't put enough time into the plan phase. But it still should only be about, be about 9% of the of your time and then you ought to move on to the execution phase. The execution phase is where the real work gets done. It's where, you know, things come to light where you might have to go back to your plan and modify them so that your execution can be actually uh, possible so that you can get to the success success phase. But if I could recommend anything to everybody out there, it would be to get stuck in execution. When you are in motion, it is hard to stop. You know, that's one of the laws of physics. Things that are in motion uh, tend to stay in motion. The more you execute, the easier it will become, the more opportunities will come your way and the more you'll be able to tweak your plan so that execution actually leads to success. So again, the success formula is idea plus plan plus execution equals success. Just remember how much time you should be spending in each part of that uh, equation. Um, you know, All of our time should, should basically go into execution after out of that idea and plan phase. Just do it, folks. Um, it gets easier, you know, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it and everybody would be a multi-millionaire or multi-billionaire. Um, but those who succeed are those who know how to execute.
0: That's right. And a, a very, I love what James is saying. A real life example of this is Apple. Apple, the biggest company I believe in the world, worth a trillion dollars. They, they get out their new version. When's the last time you didn't have an error when you did a big upgrade on your iPhone? If you go to version 11 from 10 and it's 11.00, Apple will put that out there, get it out. And Steve Jobs used to talk about this. And then they will right away, there'll be some bugs and they'll release an update. And, you know, it's scary, man. It's scary. Even people who have had success. I mean, me doing this show. I mean, people, I mean, I've done, I don't know, 20, 30 interviews. I still get... You know, and you hear people, singers, they get nervous, some, some of them nervous all the time. Just do it, right? GSD, get blank done or just do it like Nike says. I love what James is talking about, execution. And you got to build in, I think, some padding that you're going to have to adjust. I went to Silicon Valley, I took a, an executive summary there, talked to the biggest uh, SV Angel, which is the biggest uh, angel investment firm in 2008 after a real estate crash. and all of the business plans change they, they're they not looking for a perfect business plan because every single one is not it doesn't end up like people make a business plan and what actually happens is very different from every single business plan they're really looking at the person you know that's what they told me that's what multiple people told me so just I think what James is saying is just take that leap and get things going, and that I, w- I believe that will put you in the 10 percentile. You're talking about, you know, 10 percent. <laughs> it's almost like you said 90 percent should be in the execution phase. And I would say, uh, out of everybody, we all have ideas, just believe in yourself and build in the fact that you're going to have to make adjustments. Because a lot of us, I know I've spent, before I made a lot of money or in between, some of the times I made a lot of money in real estate, it crashed, I had to build something new, it ended up doing millions of dollars in sales. I spent a year on things that didn't work multiple times. So you have to build that into your plan a little bit, in my opinion, that might soften the blow because I remember spending a year on these things and then (laughs) then I'm like, oh, it's not converting online. This sucks, I don't want to do it anymore. And uh, you know, maybe that wasn't the best way. I should have probably thought, hey, I'm gonna need to adjust my business plan.